This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, y'all. Welcome to This is the G Podcast. It is episode 87. Y'all give it up as we move closer and closer to episode 100. We are on the path. We are getting there. And, and you know, before I get started, I got I to um, send prayers out to the families, man. Still in limbo, waiting for information regarding that whole Surfside, Florida condo collapse. Um, and uh, we'll hear more about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, coming up with Syracuse Mike. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, in other news, the Atlanta Hawks got humbled, y'all, by the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, humbled. They needed, but you know what? They needed that. They needed that humbling, that 125 to 91 spank, you know, as we take the podcast. Um, you know, so I'm going to quicken this podcast so that I can get ready for the game tonight at State Farm Arena. But you know, Vi, go ahead and get up on the mic, Vi. You know they needed that. You, they did. You need to start some of that shimmy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what caused it. <laughs> That's what caused it. See, I knew it. I mean, it was cool. You know, I like the personality, and that's cool. But you, you, when you're dealing with the Greek freak and the kind of talent that Milwaukee has, you don't do that kind of stuff, man. He did it, but he he did it disrespectful. Oh yeah, it was it was Curry. Yeah, he do it was the, cold. At least when Curry do the shimmy, yeah. he make the shot. Then do the shimmy. Then do the shimmy. <laughs> then he take the shot. Yeah, that was that was just you know. But anyway, I'm glad. Not it, it was a painful game to watch, but they need to get away from all that. You know, they're making them stars before they won a championship. So I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Also, um, he is. He is a star. He is a star. I'm going to say that. And we're going to talk about it after we get into news. I said superstar, not star, superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar. Okay. Superstar it is. Um, the grand diva Bernadette Cooper. Um, broke the podcast last time she was on. Ooh, we is right because <laughs> uh, it's it's it is it is uh, without a doubt it's the highest downloaded episode uh, in 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 our young history of the podcast. She spilled some tea. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on because she she did exactly what she said what she was going to do. She took she took her yeah. story to Billboard. And Tanya B's got some more scoop. We're going to talk about that in the tea. And uh, and, and and you know what, y'all? I, I I had a chance to meet my birth family for the first time this weekend. So you know, um, so so we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast at Tommy's Corner. But y'all, you know, once again, it's the G Podcast. Each week we do news, politics, pop culture. That piping hot tea from Tanya B. I uh, got to say again, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get uh, real quick through these introductions. Uh, Tanya B, what's up? Country commentator Vi's in the building. K Dub is in the building. We're gonna we're gonna shout out YL in a few minutes. But but you know this is the final show of June, um, and we've been talking about Black Music Month all month. And you know, um, I have not had a chance to do to talk about Atlanta music as we sit here in the city in Georgia, not talking about the Atlanta music scene. And and considering I grew up here, uh, the show is based here. Um, my, my radio career, the music director career was here. Uh, I wanted to do something before the end of this month to talk about, um, you know, the black music scene in, in Atlanta. And I, and I invited a really, a really special friend. I hadn't talked to him and I'm going to ask him when I get to him, how long it's been since we talked. Al Burroughs is here and I'm going to give Al just his preliminary applause. And also... He gets the air horn because I grew up with his family in high school. Um, he had graduated already because, Al, you're from Evanston, right, Illinois? Evanston, Illinois, yeah. Yeah, the, the home of Northwestern, the high-priced university. <laughs> but and, and, and most people don't know, Sure Microphones. Yeah, Sure Microphones. Wow, I didn't know Sure Microphones was in Evanston. Exactly, most people don't. Just, just ordered one, just got one, another one. <laughs> <laughs> But but I grew up with his his brothers uh, uh, Ted and Vic, um, and Al owns and operates Burroughs uh, AV Studio in Sandy Springs, which is really Atlanta, um, and and he has done work with Morris Day and the Time, uh, the SOS Band, Arrested Development. You know, you go down the list of artists he's worked with that have come through Atlanta. Just about everybody. Uh, so you know, I mentioned SOS Band. 
Um, and, you know, if they came through Atlanta, they'd probably work with Al Burroughs. Uh, pretty sure. And uh, Al, when I was uh, long, you know, uh, long story short, uh, I was music director of V in the early 90s, V103 in Atlanta. And Al called me and said, hey, man, we do this local artist thing, um, you know, at the house. And it was a house. It was like a house where a bunch of artists would get together and discuss what was going on, like a showcase and he said, I want you to come and talk to my folks about, you know, why music, it doesn't get played, you know, why their music, you know, and, and what they need to do better. Or, and Al, let me ask you, realistically, were, were the, were the villagers like storming the gate? <laughs> was it, was Dude, it? <laughs> that was, that was probably that's because at the time, remember, I mean, Z was pretty much the only game in town. Yep. Y'all were just, do- matter of fact, y'all were dominating the whole Southeast mm-hmm. and V one Oh three, by the way, people don't know, but you, Mike Roberts and you know, the whole crew. But um, what was interesting about that to me was that when, when y'all showed up that that room might've held maybe 50 people tops. And then it went through a hallway, went to the office and then another room off the office was the um, the place where we had microphones set up for recording because the studio was upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then we had a bathroom on that floor and a kitchen on that floor. So all all of those rooms were packed and people were sitting on the stairs around yeah. the corner. Yeah, yeah. It you was... had to do a 180 around the corner to go up the stairs. There were mm-hmm. people everywhere. Yeah. Now, we didn't normally have it like that. I mean, sometimes we'd have one or two people show up sometimes. But when y'all showed up, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. And people had a lot to say. It was madness. Yeah, they had a lot to say. But let me ask you, Al, where was that house? I, I forget. That house was at 30, 3566 or 3650, 3566 Claremont Road. On Claremont um, Road. Okay. Yeah, it was a little blue house. And uh, we had those meetings every week. Uh, we had a showcase once a year. Uh, first year was at Dion's Club 21. And the next two years we did it was at uh, the Roxy okay. in Buckhead. Um and it snowed. I'll never forget it. It snowed, I think, that second year. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. And and we we sold out all three, all three showcases. Well, let, uh, let me ask you, who was in who was in the was there anybody? Because there were a couple of guys I met who who I started to do some. They did some work, um, three part harmony, four part harmony guys who were just phenomenal. But who in who was in that room? When we were when we were uh, who would come in that room? Do you remember? Well, remember, yeah, we we did those. We I, who would? Oh, you talking about in the room? Yeah, the showcases or who? Would, no, no, I mean, room. can you name some of the folks who came through there? Who oh. who just who either blew up who, or went on to do good things? Oh great things. my god! Um, what was interesting about you know the whole Arrested Development thing is that they had demoed some of the album at my studio before they got their deal. Mm. So speech and I, you know, and headliner and all, we were all friends before all that happened. Okay. And so I go play tennis at speech's apartment complex and he be going out on the weekend and, you know, they be in a 15 passenger van fan with 15 people <laughs> and a U-Haul attached to it. Wow. And that's how they roll. You know, uh, people think that that thing just happened, man. They, they worked hard mm. for that. Yeah. You know, we're talking about traveling all over the country in a 15 passenger van with 15 people. Wow. So you can imagine, you know, the struggle, you know, struggle was real. So he they, they earned everything that they got. Um, but in terms of uh, of the people who were coming through there, I mean, it was almost everybody, man. Because the, the premise was Atlanta was just kind of getting going. Mm-hmm. But the premise was, is that if we got together, that the industry would come to us, and, wow. you know, and and that's pretty much what happened. I mm-hmm. mean, everything. And when I say the industry, I'm talking, I'm not saying, and when I say us, I was talking about the music community in Atlanta, because the whole premise was that you had to go, you know, remember back in the day, you had to get the hookup, you had to get, you know, you had to go talk to 50 million. Dude, my thing was, you know, if you put 20 people on the corner, downtown Atlanta, CNN going to show up, the police going to show up, and everybody else going to show up. I mean, Jesse Jackson was a master at that. You get a couple busloads of people. And he go to some company and everybody show up. Mm, yeah. you know? So, so that was my premise is that, you know, look, all we got to do is just get together, be together, stay together, stick together. Mm-hmm. And the, and everybody else will show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, let me let me. So everything yeah. that you saw, that's what that was based on. Well, it was. Uh, and, and you know, uh, Tanya B, you hadn't you hadn't really come into town yet. Um, you know, Vi, you were you were south. Uh, but K-Dub, you were here. 
K-Dub um, okay. at, yeah. at the Art Institute. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know if you ever yeah, went with right me. Right in the middle of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle. So so here's the deal. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, because I think a lot of people, uh, it, it's interesting uh, because, um, you know, again, I work behind the scenes. So I would see a lot of stuff happen and, and you know, doing the music and working with the program directors and, talk, and, and, and talking to the artists. We had one particular artist who is a classic soul artist. And whenever any of the DJs would say Atlanta's own, he would call the request line and just go off because Atlanta's own got, because a lot of artists started moving to Atlanta, like Keith Sweat moved to Atlanta, to Alpharetta uh, from New York. You had LaFace moving in and bringing in a lot of folks from, you know, Ellie and Babyface weren't really from Atlanta. They were from what, Indy. Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Indy. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of transients, people moving in. And man, the, the people who had been here for a long time would call and cuss, man. I'm talking about like that MF that ain't from Atlanta. Um, you know, um, was he right? Did, did, did y'all feel the same way, Al? I mean, you know, about that, about hearing that? No. Yeah. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I'll tell you why. I mean, I got here in 77, mm-hmm. you know, and this was before we had the trains. Uh, when I got here, 285, the whole top end of 285, Spaghetti Junction, it was just dirt. Yeah. It wasn't, they hadn't even finished 285 yet yeah. when I got here. And so the thing was, is that when it came to the music business, I was never one to say, to wait for somebody else to give me a break. I firmly believed in making your own break. Yeah. You know, just like today, you know, people complain and I'm like, look, you know, they say they're, they're a songwriter or they're a musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people I ask, well, how many songs have you written? You know, and I had one great artist told me after 12 years, they had written 12 songs. Mm. Wow. You know, and this was the thing that we were dealing with. It, it was which is why we were having the meetings. I really believe that education and information were going to be the key to people understanding that the power was with them individually Mm -hmm. and not the system. Mm. The system was going to be what it was going to be. You know, nobody, uh, William Bell, I did some work with him and, you know, he told me one time, he said, look, a a, a hit song is a freight train. Yeah. You can't stop a hit song. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'll never forget the first time I heard wobble. Hmm. Me and my best man were standing there and we were like, God, what is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you just know a hit when you hear it. Yeah. So my my philosophy is don't complain about the system, just make the hit. Yeah. And the rest will fall into place. Mary Davis with SOS. She said the same thing about um uh take your time. Hmm. She said the first time I heard that song, I knew it was a hit. Wow. wow. You know. Well, well and, let me, I mean, I'm quite sure, you know, everybody everybody on here has, has had that that moment hmm. where they heard a song. And there was no question. Yeah, so true. So true. Well, let me ask you, man. I mean, you know, you came here in 77. Who do you feel was the core when you got here? The core of Atlanta music. When when you came here in the late 70s, who who would you say was well, the you know, core? Well, you know, you know, Brick, Brick had popped off. Mm-hmm. Brick. Um, yeah. You know, People Bryson was doing his thing. Um, I think SOS, their first hit was in 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, take your time, do it uh, right. Was the big one. Yeah. yeah. Take your time, do it right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember too many other people, you know, I mean, you had web four bang records, uh, mm-hmm. four yeah. studios and bang records. I wound up living in that place. <laughs> believe it or not, it turned into a warehouse and a brother was down and was paying $400 a month. And believe it or not, I was actually renting that room because I had to have a place for my equipment. But it just so happened, you know, like I said, I'm down on my luck. So I was living there, too. Yeah. But it was the actual room where people Bryson had cut. Break had cut all their hits. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a lot of history in that room. But as far as, as far as I can remember, uh, those were the main ones that were that were really doing things back then. And and you know what, by the way, uh, the name of that, that artist who was cussing us out 
was Peebo. <laughs> yeah. Peebo would call the yeah. radio station. Right. Everybody got a thing. That's what we around this house. Everybody's got a thing. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, I mean, Vic, I mean, I mean, no, Vic, I mean, Al, I, I don't know why I want to call you Vic. Vic was the bass player, by the way, in the family. Uh, yeah. Vic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic was the, the bass player. But, but let me, you know, when it comes down to like the newer music scene, because I, I mean, I, I'll kind of throw some names out here. Um, when, when you look at, um, when I was there, you had Raheem, the dream, you had Kilo, uh, before me in the like late nineties, or I'm sorry, late eighties or early eight, mid eighties, you had Mojo, uh, jump stomping twist, uh, on the hip hop side, you know, and then and later, CID, don't forget. About oh yeah. CID. Can't, can't forget. Yeah. Oh hell no. I can't forget. From New York. Yeah. Okay. But it was, but, but still. <laughs> He made impact and, you know, he was part of the scene. So so now you've had you had Outcast come along. You had the Dungeon family. You had two chains. Um, you know, I could go on and on. I mean, uh, with with the, the hip hop and the trap scene, um, you know, with with all the I think people probably now look at the hip hop side of things as representative of Atlanta. Would you say, would you agree or disagree with me? Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. You agree? I definitely agree. Uh, but I think that one of the things that was, to me, was unique to Atlanta mm-hmm. is that even even when I was working with speech, you know, uh, early on, the, the artists in Atlanta were, to me, just, they were more, they were, they were just bold. You know what I'm saying? They, were, they weren't very apologetic for what they were doing. It wasn't, you know, you got New York and you got California and they beefing and all that kind of stuff. And Atlanta was kind of like, you know, the redhead stepchild on the side. And but the thing was that what made their stuff so raw is that they they just were very unapologetic about the music that they were doing. You know, we would have people come in and they were uh, I remember uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alvin Spikes, who missed mixed a lot of those records mm-hmm. uh, out of Atlanta, a lot of the face records and stuff like that. Um, he said, man, he said, I would have to mix the songs and there'd be stuff clashing all over the place. But that was what made that sound. It, there mm-hmm. was no finesse to it. It was just in the raw. You know, they didn't worry about whether the key was right or not. All they worried about was whether it felt good, which is the same thing I heard uh, recently Terry Lewis say in an interview. You know, he said, I didn't worry about it. I was just worried about how it felt. And I think that that's, that was the, the key, I think, to the Atlanta music scene is that they were just like very unapologetic. That's the best word I can come up with. And the, and the breath of fresh air, man. I'm from yeah. Ohio, and I'm gonna tell you, it was like, ooh, we. It's it. I, it was. I was glad to see the uh, the South jump like that, especially Atlanta. Me having people went, you know, went down there and went to school, but it was much needed. From it went from Minneapolis down there, and it was just much needed, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was a different because we yeah we had we had a few artists down here and a few labels and all that and you know and then LaFace came and you know and it but you know and, you, and then you had Dallas pop off and, and Jermaine and all that mm-hmm. and that whole thing you know it was just a you know just like anything else it's a timing thing yeah so true you know so true a lot of things happen at the right time with the right people you know mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of the, the bands that we had a lot of musicians a lot of live bands and so when these artists popped off. A lot of these artists that were around town, uh, I was I was staying with one of them who wound up going out on tour with TLC on their first tour. Wow. Uh, he, you know, Wizard Jones, he was staying with me, and so that you know, we we were all staying there together in the studio. Dude, they'd be gone three months. I'm talking about not coming home. I'm talking about gone for three months. Yeah. You know, at a time. You know, so there was a place for everybody. It was almost like the infrastructure was already here. Yeah. You know. Tanya B, I'm coming to you. Uh, you you hadn't made it here yet, but but your thoughts on that early scene? Hey, see what you forget. I was still sliding into Atlanta because don't forget I had family here, and if nothing else, I always came a few days early and stayed a few days late for the legendary Jack the Rapper convention. Oh so, yeah! Oh my God! <laughs> some damage down here in the ATL. Don't don't play no games. Don't play no games. Yeah. Okay. So who's who stands out for you, Tanya B? When you think um, back, you know, one of the first things for me, um, again, being up north, I'm talking from Boston down to even like New York and Philly, a lot of the early southern hip hop never made it to New York. 
So I never heard of, you know, Shy D. I never heard of any of those people that you ever mentioned. Matter of fact, truth be told, I was in New York, like in maybe the early 2000s. Hmm. And someone said to me, um, can you play Gucci Mane? And mind you, I'm, at, I'm on a national platform at SiriusXM. I'm like, who is that? Wow. <laughs> I, that music never made it. You know who got a pass out of Atlanta? In the early 90s, you got Arrested Development. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, eventually, uh, Disturbing the Peace grew ludicrous. Luda got a pass. You know, he was embraced in the North. But a lot of that Southern hip hop that mm-hmm. was really the foundation, like I said, the dun- all the people in the dungeon. Yeah. Never knew anything about them. Now, I will, and maybe I'm different because I'm a radio baby, but I remember Bang Records. I remember the first Peebo album because he had this big fro that was like in 76 or so. Yeah. And I remember Brickin', you know, to fast forward, I was at a Jack the Rapper convention in 1989. There was a pool party. And I remember Ellie and Babyface was sitting behind me and I had my Tony, Tony, Tony outfit coordinated down, mm. y'all. Brick was the entertainment. Jack saw fit that he actually hired Brick so they could make a couple of coins, and they were the entertainment at a pool party. And the bulk of the people that were there, that was when like Puffy and people like that just started to come out, you know, before things got crazy. They had no idea. I'm like, do you know who's over there playing? They had no idea. Wow, wow. And and you guys weren't here, and I couldn't get into these places. But but shout out as we as we kind of pay tribute to the Atlanta music scene. Uh, I got I got to say shout out to um, my clubs, which I couldn't get into. Mr. V's and, Cis- and Cisco's on uh, on Camelton Road, Charles on Simpson, um, the uh, the famous and Vine I know about the Phoenix Dance Club. <laughs> but uh, and the San Susi, um, the San Susi oh. downtown. Uh, which really and truly where a lot of live bands would get to play. A, a lot of bands yeah. came out of the San Susi, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know. That was the spot, man. That was the spot. Al, as you, as you watch right now, man, you've seen all this. We, we've kind of gone through a whole lot of names, and, and there's there's so many people we could mention. What what do you think, man, is the future uh, uh, for, as, as you watch what's going on with black music and in, in the ATL and Tanya B, you can jump in here as well. Cause you in here, you've been here for a while. What do you think is the future of, of ATL black, black music? Lady first? What's that? I, I got something to say about that, but definitely ladies go first. Oh, okay. Tanya B jump in. Go, you go first. Um, you know, I, I, I look at what, you know, Right now, for me, and this is just my two-cent opinion and nothing more, it seems like the only thing Atlanta is known for now, you know, especially since LaFace left town, a lot of other people have kind of, you know, still doing things, but, you know, not as, as loudly, if you will, as they were before, is that only thing that people equate to me, from my experience, equate Atlanta with is hip-hop. So if you're not a Gucci Mane or a Waka Flocka or, you know, a money bag yo, you know, if you're a good, like, I don't even know if Fantasia could, could come here and make it because it's not about singers or musicians, hmm. you know, or people who, you know, who come from a, an era and it's rapidly ending where you, talent was required. You had to be able to do something besides auto-tunes. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'd love to see things turn around. And the other thing I find now with Atlanta, and it's not just Atlanta, a lot of other markets, but this one, because we're all here, is that you had those markets where you could, as people say, break a record. Atlanta does not break records on the radio anymore. If does, you want to break a record, you better be out there in them streets yeah. or in a strip club. Well, I'll say this. I don't think radio's breaking any records anywhere. <laughs> Very, you know, TikTok. You have to, it's funny. You have to go to the internet. TikTok is breaking yeah. all records. Yeah, look, look, yeah I got to get in on this, man. This, this, is, this but, is a big one for me. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. Coming, coming from where we came from, you know, I mean, we're talking about before the, tr- you know, the, the, the records in the trunk. You know, and we're talking about, I tell people all the time, we're a very unique generation because I had 78s growing up. (laughs) So we're talking about going through 78s, 33s, 45s, dat tapes, cassette Mm -hmm. tapes, reel to reels, I mean, DVDs. I mean, I'm talking about the whole package, you know. Yeah. (laughs) We went through all of that. We've seen all of that. So my thing is this the the technology has uh, presented. As far as I'm concerned, especially with all the radio history that's that's on this podcast, mm-hmm. 
this has presented the greatest opportunity. I want every musician, every artist out there to hear me. This has presented the greatest opportunity for you to make it in this business than ever before, as far as I'm concerned. There mm-hmm. are no gatekeepers anymore. Mm-mm. Gatekeepers are gone. Yeah. The, so, so the onus, I was, again, my thing was the onus back in the day was, I used to tell, you know, when I would speak, I would say, hey, look, you know, the problem with artists was that they didn't know how to make a dollar. And I meant that literally. Mm. So I would tell them, look, your job is to create something that will make money move from one pocket to another. That's your job. Yeah. Which means that you got to write something, you got to produce something, produce, literally produce. I mean, we're talking about oranges and apples here. People got to want to buy your stuff. But that being said, with the industry being set up the way it is right now, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. The key is, I've always said, the music business ain't hard. It's the work that's hard. <laughs> you got to work. Yeah. And nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to just get it. Man. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, and that's what they were doing back then. But now, my thing is, is that, like I said, I mean, I'm putting out my own record. Trust me, I mean, it's a smooth jazz record because that's what I want to do. I want to write some music I want to listen to while I'm working. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that I don't care what it is. The same. The premise is the same. I mean, a hit record in the '70s is going to do the same thing. A hit record in 2020 is going to do the same thing it did in 1970. Say that one more time, man. <laughs> hey, man. Say it. Say it. in 2020 gonna do the same thing it did in 1970 let me give it up a hit is a hit and I'll be done with this but but the thing is is that most people don't know the history of record the history of the record business the record records were originally made as a promotional tool for artists to get live gigs Right. If yep. you think about it, if an artist performs in Atlanta and then wants to go over to Birmingham, Alabama and get a gig, well, the club owner back then didn't know what you sounded like. Hmm. They didn't know nothing about you. So they create this, these recordings. They send them over to Birmingham, Alabama. People in Birmingham, Alabama hear them. And so now the club owner is willing to book you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is that what artists got to understand is the premise is the same. You have to you know, I'm working with an artist right now. She's kind of doing some blue stuff. But but I told her, I said, look, your recordings are the thing that take you from $5 a night to $500,000 a night. It's the records. Yeah, yeah. You know, you speaking, record a lot of them. speaking of that, Al, I do want to ask you about Southern Soul, man. Um, thoughts on Southern Soul? Southern Soul? Yeah. Dude, think about it. I mean, we got all these different formats. You got R&B, you got it, classical, you got jazz. Dude, who would have thought that a black rapper would be making money in country? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and the other thing is, I look at songs like uh, Happy, right? Mm-hmm. If you had played Happy for somebody outside of it being a hit, if you had played for somebody and say, look, this in 2000-something, in this song named Happy, and you can go back to don't worry, be happy. Those, those are two freight trains that nobody saw coming. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because you would never think that those songs would be hits. Yeah. So yeah. my point is, again, a hit is a hit. So when, when you know, the, the, the soul thing, the southern soul thing, I believe that you can write hits in there, too. And you can write a hit that'll be strong enough to cross over. Yeah. But you just got to write a hit. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw it to K Dub, K Dub, and and we're gonna go like the final. Just go around, start with you, K Dub, and we're gonna close this out. K Dub, any thoughts? Final thoughts? Oh man, Atlanta had it jumping off in the '90s, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like incredible for me to get there in '92 and be under you, watching everything just blow straight up. Yeah. And, and I give LA and Face credit, even though they're from up this way. I mean, they came down there, man. They put some put, uh, good people on board. Tony Braxton, they helped the Dungeon family. I mean, it was awesome. I do think, and I still believe, if someone decides or get the chance to uh, 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 get a record label or something jumping, be it a uh, help of the internet, it can it can keep going in Atlanta. I would love to see it, but I'm like uh, Tanya B. Now it's known for just this one thing. And to me, that ain't Atlanta to me. 
You know mm. what I mean? Because, hell, I go all the way back to Mother's Finest. Oh, yeah. Coming up. Oh, 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 Lord. Oh, yeah. The Yeah, let me go on and give it up for them. Because without a doubt, I mean, they from, they said, ladies and gentlemen from Funk Rock, Georgia. Funk Rock, Georgia. That's the title of a song. That was it. Dude. Yeah, they were the group. They were the group. Al, man, let me let, let me let me just let me say thank you, man, for coming on. Uh, y'all give it up for Al Burroughs. Um, Al, how can people how can people connect with you, man? How can people connect? Dude, I'm, I'm Al Burroughs, page one and page two on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I got you on Facebook. I'll do. I'll yeah, do man. I, you know, I, I, Facebook popped off, and dude said, "Hey, man, how do you get you know all this?" I said, "Dude, I." Facebook was a business for me. Every day, I, I went reached out to ten new people every day. Yeah, yeah. And it, it ain't complicated. You just got to do the work. Yes. You know. So I went from page one to page two really quick. <laughs> working ready to be working on page three. So yeah, you can reach out to me on Facebook. That that'll be the easiest way. I could say Instagram and all that. Other kind. But yeah, hit me up on on Facebook. That'll work. Alberto B U R R O U G H S. And I'll make sure I'll make sure I have it on, on the podcast page. Go ahead, bye. Go ahead, bye. Yeah, I think, like you said, the problem with the kids these days, they want the easy way out. All mm. everybody want to do is do reality TV. Yeah. Get their own reality TV and, and, and create drama to make their money. And they don't understand That's practice. They don't understand practice and getting nope. stuff tight and right before nope. you go, before something good. I just had to school a nephew, nope. and he won't be back until he get it right anyway. No, nope. they ain't trying to do that. They just want to get on reality TV and look pretty and make and call drama. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Bob. I got a twenty. I got a twenty-three-year-old who's complaining about the music right now. He said, "Man, ain't nobody listening to what these rappers are saying. They just folks are just with the beat." Yeah. He said, "That's it." And That's I'm like, true. He's twenty-three. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. I hear from I hear from Millennial Nick. My Millennial Nick over here is he says the same thing as well. He's a music guy. He he says the same thing. Yep. Absolutely. So let me well, give. I'm gonna give you the air horn, man. Your applause. Y'all give it up for the one and only Al Burroughs. And uh, Al, thank you so much. You got to come back, man. You got to come back and, oh, and and keep us up to date mm-hmm. with what's going on. And shout out to the family, man. Shout out shout out to the family, man. Tell him I said hello. You mentioned Vic, man. He, he just caught it. You know, he worked for uh, United or something. Like, he retired. And, yeah. so he's got Damn, Vic retired? retired? He younger, he's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. He's still working, but he yeah. retired from the airline. I got but you. I got you. Flight. So he, good, he, good. he just took off today. Uh, on Facebook, he just took off the day for Hawaii. Good stuff. Five rounds of golf. I said, "Dude, you're killing me." Is Al still playing bass? Is, I mean, is Vic still playing bass, man? Is he still playing? Still Trump? playing bass up in Indianapolis, yes, sir. Good yeah, stuff. Oh, I'm gonna have to find him. I ain't far from. <laughs> <Y'all>, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, y'all, give it up one more time for the one and only Al Burrows. And we're gonna go to break, and uh, we're actually gonna go ahead and do our news with Syracuse Mike, and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure. News team, assemble! It's time for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. The U.S. Supreme Court has unanimously ruled against the NCAA on the question of whether antitrust laws apply to rules restricting the benefits that a school may offer to student-athletes. The ruling is likely to allow colleges to offer top football and basketball players huge financial incentives related to their education, such as money for maintaining a high GPA. The ruling also has broad implications now that states, including Georgia, have already approved laws that allow college athletes to earn money from the use of their name, image, and likeness. After getting Democrat Joe Manchin on board, and he's by no means a liberal senator, a procedural measure to advance the voting rights bill for debate has failed. In a vote of 50-50, it fell short of the 60 votes needed to overcome a Republican filibuster. Here's Vice President Kamala Harris. Nobody is debating, I don't believe, whether all Americans have the right to vote. The issue here is, is there actual access to the voting process, or is that being impeded? The legislation was drafted in response to regulations that make it difficult to vote, especially for people of color. At one time, he was the mayor of the nation's largest city and also a federal prosecutor. Now, Rudy Giuliani has been barred from temporarily practicing law in the state of New York for making false and misleading statements to support former President Donald Trump, primarily about voter fraud. Giuliani says, I did not commit any crimes or anything close to crime. I defended my client. 
and I defended my client in a way in which the Bar Association should give me an award. Giuliani on WABC Radio. He served as the former president's personal attorney. The court said his misconduct deepened partisan divisions in the country. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years for the murder of George Floyd. We now know there are 159 people unaccounted for after a high-rise condo building partially collapsed in Surfside near Miami Beach. Officially today, four people are dead. A massive search and rescue operation was launched before dawn, and crews spent the night combing through the wreckage and the remaining part of the building in hopes of finding survivors. Miami-Dade Assistant Fire Chief Ray Jadala. This process is slow and methodical. You see that every time there's a shift in the, the rubble, some, you know we have additional rubble that uh, shifts on us. The building collapsed early Thursday morning. The U.S. Justice Department is suing the state of Georgia over the state's new voting law. Attorney General Merrick Garland said changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color. Governor Brian Kemp responded in a statement saying, in part, that Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, and their allies are weaponizing the U.S. Department of Justice to carry out their far-left agenda. He vowed to fight the lawsuit. And I don't know, as we take the podcast, it looks like the situation with the condo again. I think they're at nine dead. It may have been updated, but 156 unaccounted for. Uh, consultant in 2018 told them, said, hey, uh, you know, y'all need to repair the cracked columns, crumbling cr- concrete. Mm. Um, you know, the work needed to be done. And, and, and it's yeah. unfortunate it because. Yep. $9 million over damage yep. needed to be fixed. Yep, needed to be mm-hmm. fixed. And, and, and honestly, they had said that they were about to actually start the work. So, you know, that's unfortunate, really unfortunate. And, um, you know, and, and again, I mentioned we are ahead of the, the game three. I've already said, said what I'm going to say about the Hawks. I'm, I'll, I'll skip over that. Um, and, and, you know, this week, y'all, I, I got to let me just go ahead and, and, and give it the air horn. Manhattan D.A. might possibly bring charges against the Trump crime family. Uh, I am thrilled and I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to have my popcorn popped. Uh, you know, my Did you say the Trump crime family. Yeah, the oh Trump crime God. family. Yeah, absolutely. Call it what it is. You might call it what it is. No, no, no. Call it what it is, bro. <laughs> I ain't the only one. It, it's not like I made that up. <laughs> okay. Also, real quick, uh, NCAA. Um, you know, I'm 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 happy the Supreme Court ruled the way they ruled, but I'm telling you, they need to stop paying these coaches the ridiculous amount of money. Nick Saban makes almost $9 million a year. And, oh, and coach, coach, don't lie. No, dude, let me, let me say, let me, uh, making the same kind of money. let me say what but I got to say though. College coaches make more than the, uh, or just as much as the, the, the pro coaches. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. Coach K makes a $7 million base. His bonuses could take him up to 10 million. And in and a, and a lot of cases, hey. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Take the money and give it to these kids. They are say, I mean, say it again. Say it again, Tanya B. Just if you look like your because they're making a lot of money off the back of these kids, the schools, the coaches, everybody else and these kids. You know, sometimes have to stay together, money from the couch cushion to buy a pack of ramen noodles. That's yeah, that's crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah, my, I always talk about what about the other sports? The black kids ain't playing the other sports. Yeah. Okay, we playing football and basketball. We ain't swimming. But see, and, and, and I want to say this, right, because I think you were about to say it. I don't care about the pro coaches. Professional, that's a different league. That's a different situation. But when you got, in a lot of cases, these state schools, like Alabama, a lot of these state schools, University of Georgia, these state co- these coaches are the highest paid people in the entire state. Nobody even comes close. To, to and they get wow. the kids from the lowest per capita income background. Yes. And again, they make money off of these kids' backs. Yeah. So I think they need to shift then, the money. Uh, shift the money. And do you know that that law that uh kept them put in effect? They rigged that law that kept them put in effect. <laughs> Did you know that the money that the kids make, mm. 75% of the money the two get to keep? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Mm-mm. 75% of the money the kid, the, the school get the key to put in the trust fund. Yeah. We go, wow. So they still keep the money. Yeah. yeah I agree. And, 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 you, and they can't even accept the damn box of Fruit Loops from certain it's people. It's crazy. Without, it's crazy. Without getting in trouble. Yeah. So true. The ramen noodles that cost all of what, 25 cents on a good day? But I just, I just think, I just think it's, 
that's that in my opinion that that's like egregious man that that's like you pay these coaches so much money and these kids are are barely making it and then you know you slap them on the hand or throw them out or you know or or take away their scholarships for you know taking a little bit of booster money to survive it's crazy but i'm gonna leave it at that we'll come back we might do a show on it bring um, bring somebody in from the sports side and just kind of talk. We'll see where it goes. Uh, and real quick, I hope I hope um, I hope the DOJ sues the pants off the state of Georgia um, for the election situation. Um, and and I hope they go after all these states um, that are doing what they're doing. And and, and I'm gonna say this also, y'all. With this going on, you still got to go out and vote. And and real quick story, we had a within the last couple of weeks, we had an election. And um, special election in the area that I live in. And there are 40,000 eligible voters in the area. Y'all want to know how many people showed up out of 40,000? You say 2,000? Two, you, yep, uh, 4,000. 10%? Mm. 10, a 10% voter participation. So, you know, with everything that's going on, y'all, I ain't going to get on my soapbox, but I do, gotta, I do have to say, you know, go out and vote, y'all. You know, we, we fight for our rights and you sitting on your butts. I, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. All right. Yeah, I'm probably going through the street right now because we're not voting. They got to vote every time. Every time. Every time. As, as Tip O'Neill used to say, you know, all politics is local. Every, you know, all po- politics is really local. Really local. All right, y'all, let's do this, y'all. Y'all, you, know, you know exactly what time it is, so let's do it. Now then, children, it's time for tea. It's tea time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B. I know this is what y'all been waiting on for real. For real, for real. Okay, well, yeah. I, I've got, uh, I just want to be so condensed and so quick so you have got to keep up with me. I'm going to be like, is it John Mashita, the FedEx man that's talking really, really fast? <laughs> no, you're not. To get it all in. First, I want to say shout out and five on it to, again to, um, and I say, you know, friend to the show, anytime in the building, Bernadette Cooper, she did what she said she was going to do. She did. And she went Billboard published an article and it said, you know, that they that this uh this sham that she calls it of a song women's songwriters hall of fame, um, which has nothing to do with the songwriters hall of fame. Uh, you know, they had Billboard, first of all, they had to because they had basically endorsed it without doing their homework. And I called the the women songwriters hall of shame because what they did is a shame and uh you know, there was a huge article in Billboard that came out was maybe Thursday or Friday saying, you know, they're breaking it down. And I know everything that Miss Cooper said was not in there. But if you read the article, you got the message or if you were uh, help, helping yourself enough to hear her when she came on the show. But how it was a sham. It was not for the original members of Climax who wrote the bulk of the songs. And did you know, I just found out something recently how she um, and said she had the receipts of how this woman, Cheryl Cooley, allegedly, mm-hmm. um, who's billing herself as Climax, um, actually somehow was someone that she knew, and I say allegedly, hacked into the databases of ASCAP and, and uh, BMI and took credit away from Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and put her name on there to That's get the crazy. royalties for those songs. That's How greasy can you get? Well, you know what? Well, let me play the clip. And and for, for those of you who, who didn't who didn't hear the show, but I will say go to the episode. Go to um, not not this last episode, the episode before episode eighty five. Eighty five. And go to episode uh, eighty five. Yeah, where go she on her social media. Yep, she she broke um, she broke the podcast. But um, let me let me play the clip. Here we go. Now, um, there's no healing that came out of that, I guess. Well, you know, the healing actually it brought the girls in the band together. Other than Cheryl Cooley, mm-hmm. um, we you know we went on tour together, you know, and we did some things together. We have love for each other, even through our difficulties, you know, because you know, as people grow, they grow a distance, they grow away, and people want to do their own thing, and people don't want to compromise. But we have love for each other. We struggled to be climax in the beginning, you know, putting our pennies together to try to rehearse. And, you know, we finally got to this point. And then, um, you know, um, Joyce Kirby came into the group. And we, we uh, ended up having great success from true talent. We wrote our stuff. We produced a lot of our stuff. You know, we played our stuff live. We didn't do a lot of our live playing in the studio. Because in those days, it was up to the producer. But we created a sound and something that no one has been able to do again. 
Amen. And for someone to Let me give it up to you for that. Disrespectful. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And be completely disrespectful mm-hmm. and do an award, put it on Billboard, Climax. Not Climax featuring Cheryl Cooley, not Cheryl Cooley, but Climax. And then don't even call us. Mm-hmm. Don't even invite us. We weren't even invited until today. Mm-hmm. When I told her I was about to do press, I was on, on my way to do press. I have um, scheduled press for today and the rest of the week because I've been holding out, actually trying to negotiate with this woman because, you know, I'm promoting my new project. I can't physically go, but a couple of the girls could go who are writers, Lynn, Joyce, you know, and, and receive this award, you know, and represent Climax as a whole. But Climax, she's going to get up there probably with her band. Mm. She has a whole separate little band, you know. And, um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Truth in Music Act, uh, which uh, um, Nancy, I mean, um, is it, what's a, Mary Wilson helped to, to enact, was that any group that is a part of the success has the right to individually go out and tour as long as they use their name, like Climax featuring Bernie Cooper, to make a living, yeah. you know? And we, we have an agreement with that, mm. okay? Yeah. So that's cool, but to just fraudulently do this, this is fraud. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure um, we played that. And, and um, you know, I, I just tell you, I, I, Climax was one it's of my just, favorite it's groups. It's all kinds of wrong. Yeah. I can say Cheryl ain't Cooley. And the other thing is when they when Bernadette Cooper mentioned that, you know, they invited them. It's like, OK, you can come to this event and we'll just mention that you're in the audience. But mm-hmm. we're going to give the award for your work to somebody else. Yeah. I just hate it's going on. Honestly, I just hate it's going on when you see or hear your favorite groups go through that. I mean, a lot of them. And, and, and yes. again, you know, you know, Tanya B, there's a lot of that going on behind the scenes. You know what? People All never know she about had it. to do was use two letters. Mm-hmm. Instead of Climax, Cheryl Cooley of Climax. Yeah. Or, you know, like she said, like you said, Bernard, Climax featuring Bernadette Cooper, Joyce Irby, whatever. All she had to do was put that one word in there and that would have made the difference. And I went back and I watched Bands United, and she said that she was going to do that. And no sooner did she walk out of the room, did she not keep her word. Yeah, that's sad. I, I don't want to keep this going. You said she hacked into... <laughs> Something in that and BMI database. Okay, now, wait a minute. Allegedly, I was I was trying to be nice because I ran sound for Cheryl Cooley one time. Oh. Not really blast that podcast out there on Facebook, but I got to do it now. Uh-oh. I got to do it. I got to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, come on now. But Jimmy Jam and Cherry Lewis, them, them, they pretty pretty powerful. Oh, yes. That's what I say. She probably thinks that they have so much income coming in that they're not going to notice if she takes their name off and puts her name allegedly into something that, you know, think about it. When you get the, when you continue, I mean, look, I look at life's like gambling huff. I saw one of Mr. Gamble's royalty checks and I, I, I want, it had a whole lot of zeros. I'll just say that. And that was just for one quarter. Okay. Yeah. So think about it. If you are Jamin Lewis or LA and Babyface, you have so mm-hmm. much income coming in. Who takes the time to sit down and audit every single credit? Wow. Every I, single dollar. But I'm going to say this, Tanya B. I'm going to say think this, Tanya B. And, and I'm going to say this, K-Dub. They need to fix that. That's between. Absolutely. That, I mean, they need, yeah. they need to deal with yeah. that. And, and, yeah, and here's yeah. my thing, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on. Um, I would say to, you know, to 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 uh, to Grand Diva and and her and, and really the, the, the ladies in the group who have contributed the most, they should get together and do something collectively because their presence is much bigger than Miss Cooley's. In my uh, it's like uh, who? I agree. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you look at people like, you know, and when you have those favorite groups, yeah, and you see that picture of so and so appearing, you know what Bernadette Cooper looks like. You yeah. know what Lorena Lungs look like. You know what Lynn Mosby looks like, and you know what Bernadette Cooper looks like. Yeah. So when you see that, that was just like, yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I don't think we've heard the last of it. I don't think we've heard. This ain't it. No. This ain't the last of it. I'm going to leave it at that. Hoping they won't get an attorney, but here's what I, I'm going to put it out there in the atmosphere. And in the article, Miss Cooper said, we're not going to sue them because it would, it would, we, the money that we get 
would be far outweighed by what we pay an attorney. But there's an attorney out there somewhere. Hello, Londell McMillan, Kendall Minter, um, John Kellogg, Ron Sweeney, um, that will take that on a contingency basis and their fee will come out of how much they recover for these ladies. And I hope yeah, that they, they do that. Because they got to shut her down. This, I mean, wrong is wrong. Hey, that band stuff, uh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you got next time, you be? Okay. Uh, I just want to tell you this. Okay. Now, you know, everybody got faked out by that uh, versus announcement of Mary J. Blige and Tony Braxton. It ain't happening. What? You know, Mary's got things going. Tony's got things going. Somebody jumped the gun. But here's the gag about this whole versus thing. And this is where I'm like, I'm about to cancel them. And here is why. Uh-huh. Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills, two legendary artists, stepped up and said, we want to do a versus. They were told no. What? Word from the curb is that these new owners of Versus, Trilla, does not want to deal with the OGs and the legends on Versus. They want to have this garbage like they had last night. And I thought the thing was tonight. Soldier Boy, who got one, two records, and Bow Wow. They don't want to deal with the legends. So when you saw Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Odyssey Brothers, that's probably the last of the legends you're going to see for a very, very long time. You know, I think think they they, they feel that the older generation won't watch online. How many people watch Gladys and Miss Patty Pat? I, I agree. Most I agree. People watch Raekwon I, and and Red Man and Bow Wow and that other boy. Okay, but they got anyway. you know what I'm saying. It, it ultimately, um, and and I, and I think if somebody makes the argument that you know the the the, the Ron the Isley Earth Wind and Fire uh, versus delivered numbers, okay. Uh, most of the classic ones have delivered numbers. I just don't see it going on any further if they don't include the classics. That's no, just my right, opinion. I don't I see know, it going on. Look, I'm not watching. Like I said, I forgot about done. that thing. And even if I did, I have no interest. In, and I like Bow Wow. Soldier Boy. Yeah. Soldier Boy to me was like they might as well have Lil Nas X up there because Lil Nas X got more records than, than Soldier Boy. But anyway, <laughs> what you got? Next? Um, yeah, we're gonna fine. go. I'm gonna take you off real quickly. We fine, have three yeah. dumb three dumb donkeys this week. And I want to put them in the Dumb Donkey Hall of Fame. First one is Chris Brown. <laughs> Under investigation of oh. battery again, this woman claims that he smacked her so hard that it smacked her weave out. Let me just say this, old girl, you lying, number one. Because if you have a weave in, and I've had one, I'm not going to lie, you sew it down like Tina Turner so your wig does not, so it doesn't move, right? No, that was not a weave. So that was did, a wig. He probably smacked her wig off. And in fact, if you smack anything, he gets in the Dumb Donkey Hall of Fame. But Second I'm not, one, I mean, you know what? Donkey, I'm telling you. I don't know how many times this dude is is going to be in a situation like this before somebody's cousin, brother, uncle comes to beat his ass. On him, he gonna get shot in a car. I'm sorry, but no, no, no. He's gonna mess with the. He's gonna mess with the. If I go ahead, done any time? Has he done any time? Has he done any time for this stuff? Chris Brown needs to go to an inpatient six-month minimum rehabilitation. I don't think he did anything for Rihanna. I don't think he did anything for Rihanna, but but if he keeps... I, I, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing to me that somebody's family hadn't, hadn't you know, snuck up on Yeah, well, you know, we don't know this girl, you know, maybe her family, you know, she could be, uh, you know, Big Meech's sister or cousin. So with that said, let's keep it moving on to yeah, the next dumb crazy. donkey. Let's it's go. Trick Daddy, who, uh, although I say everyone's <laughs> entitled to their opinion, it's all how you say it. Yeah. Now, he misquoted Betty Wright talking about, oh, Betty Wright told me I was there. I was there one of those times. And Betty did not talk greasy about anybody. So what he did was twist her words. I'm sure she is rolling. She probably mad today. And Trick said that Beyonce couldn't sing and Jay-Z couldn't rap. But you know what they can do? They can go by that radio station where he worked and he's going to lose his damn job. You are about to lose your job. And then the third dumb donkey we have is R. Kelly, who's on his I'm on trial tour and he's in Brooklyn this week. Who cares? Okay, now we're going to talk about... um, uh, what else should I tell you? Oh, 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 let me tell you about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nick Cannon, I think he needs a mental health uh, intervention. He says the reason why he keeps popping out all these babies is because of the scare he had with lupus and he doesn't know how long he's going to be around. I don't, and his quote was something loosely uh, based on, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be around tomorrow, so I want to F all night long. So now he's got baby number seven on the way. And much like that show from the 80s, uh, Nick eight is enough. And I think he'll probably do one more. And then I want to tell you about Sabrina Peterson, this woman that claims that, uh, you know, the T.I. and Tiny sex scandal. Yeah. Let me tell you, I believe that she is a clout chasing, thought popping, check chasing liar. And here's mm. why. 
Now she's claiming that T.I. paid a hitman $25,000 to kill her, but the heifer's still alive. And then she went on to claim that T.I. tried to throw her off the building. And again, I say, this heifer's still alive. But let's talk about this. Now, instead of trying to sue everybody, she needed to go to her attorney and get some legal counsel about her ties to, let me get this right, the murder of her former married lover. What? She's the person that went on Facebook and claimed that her lover gave her HIV, and that is not true. And then he took out a restraining order against her. And mysteriously, uh, two weeks after I believe he got married, he ended up mysteriously dead in his driveway. What? Wow. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, dang. Well, okay. Okay. I know I have to make it. Games coming on, y'all. That's all I got. Ain't got no more that means anything. And I think I, uh, I think I've served up enough. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Y'all give it up for Tanya B in the building. I got to say Allegedly. I got to tell you Don't believe it at that. No more. If you haven't watched Mary J. Blige, my life, go ahead and do it. Is it sad? Yes. Is it depressing? Yes. Mary is a survivor, but the one thing, and Mary can do no wrong in my world, is because she paid homage to Betty Wright and Mm. showed her singing a cleanup woman. Hallelujah. I'm done. Good stuff. Good Mm. stuff. Give it up for Tanya B. one more time. Hey, y'all, but I got to say this, and, and I'm, I got a couple of things, and then we're going to um, head, head into the uh, the corner. But um, the shy y'all is amazing this season. I got to give it up to them. Uh, it's probably the best season of all the seasons. Uh, kudos to and, – and, you know, Tanya B., they don't – they have different directors uh, doing each episode, and and it is, it is very relevant, very uh, memorable. Um, probably, in my opinion, it's probably – one of the best black dramas on right now, if not the black best black drama on TV. Um, but but you know, mayor, the mayor got shot. I can just go down the list of stuff that's going on. Candy Burris. No, 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 no. Uh Otis Duda Perry. Y'all know, y'all know who Duda is. Um, but but bottom line is um it is it is I, I think in my opinion it's the best black drama currently on TV. So I, I gotta give it up to the show. So um, I'm going to give it up to the show. Also on July 4th on Showtime, watch the premiere of the one and only Dick Gregory, y'all. Among the things the movie talks about is uh, is Hoover placing Gregory on the FBI watch list, like just like he did King, you know, for his beliefs and statements. So y'all check that out. It actually will be on July 4th on Showtime. And, and I got to give it up to, to Fast and Furious 9, man. 70 million, biggest opening, y'all, since... 2019. So I got to give it up to, uh, to, to Vin Diesel, um, and, and the crew and, and, you know, ludicrous Luda, 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 Chris Luda for, uh, for putting it down, man. Um, just, just phenomenal. $70 million out, out of the pandemic. Yep. 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 Yeah. Cause about the Luda better watch it, man. What Luda got to watch? <laughs> what Luda watching by? <laughs> He's all right. I'm, I'm thinking about somebody. He's watching fire. his wife's belly grow. They're expecting baby number four. Yes, he That's is. He's, he's doing, doing some good. Luda is fine. I, hey, I was thinking about T.I. Luda is fine. Yeah, Luda's great. Luda, and, and I got to say, Tanya B sent me something about Luda that I think is phenomenal. He's doing uh, a kid series, um, and, and he's doing it, uh, you know, using the hip hop genre to teach children, which I think is, you know, that's what, that's where we miss out culturally oh. on teaching our kids by not reaching them where they are. So, so I, I, I got to give it up to Luda. Man. Yeah, that's cool. So, so Luda, Luda homeboy, you're doing great. Keep, keep up the great mm. work. You ain't not, you ain't out there slapping people, slapping women's uh, weaves off. So, so you all right with me, bro. You all right with me. <sighs> All right, let's go ahead and do this. We're going to go to Tommy's Corner. Here we go. Hey, this is a a special Tommy's Corner. As most of you may or may not know, I grew up in foster care and was adopted uh, around age seven. And I never really knew my birth family. And um, well, a few years ago, a podcaster on the network who had an adoption podcast uh, sent me an Ancestry DNA kit. So I did the DNA thing, started to get connections and I put my story out there and I remembered my last name, my birth name. So I put that name out there as well. And lo and behold, I got uh, some outreach uh, connection. And I was, a little, as always, reluctant at first, uh, sending my info. And lo and behold, um, he was able to produce the angel that gave birth to me. 
and uh, she had passed on uh, when he gave me and came back and you know, said she had passed away as, in April of 2020. Um, but I had the opportunity to speak to her sister. Uh, we set up uh, a dinner. Um, thankful to have two angels, one who birthed me and, of course, one who chose and raised me. And I guess the moral of this story is better late than never. Call us 413-556-9546. Love your feedback. And this has been Tommy's Corner. I was uh, I was really touched, man, by, by the whole scenario. And got to just thank them. I already thank them already. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting feeling. <laughs> that's all, that's all I got to say. I'll talk to y'all, Mike. But, uh, you know, thank you again. Appreciate it. Y'all quiet looking at me. I ain't gonna cry, <laughs> but I do, I do seriously, uh, you know, have a, have a lot of, a lot of things it's, it's good stuff right there. It's to pour out, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I know a lot of folks are probably in, in a similar situation, man. And, and you just can't give up. Got to keep pushing. Uh, thank you. Uh, Al Burroughs, man. Give it up to Al one more time. Y'all, um, AV studio, Sandy Springs. Man, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks, uh, of course, to the panel, uh, Tanya B. Vi, K-Dub, and Wyo. Condolences to, to Wyo. She lost her grandma this week. Uh, so con- condolences to her. And uh, let's do some final shout outs real quick. Tanya B., you got any final shout outs? Um, final shout out. I was going to say shout out to uh, the Rice family in Boston, the Hamiltons, again, the Johnsons, who are uh, very devoted listeners. And I just want to encourage everybody to check me out every Friday and Saturday on the Birdwire. And I'm t- July 4th weekend, I got the Independence Day Classics for you. So I'm telling you, you better either uh you know, get on your oxygen now, turn the fan on, because I am going to drop it like it is. Do it, Tanya B. Do it. <laughs> so hot. I'm telling, I'm I'm looking for I'll look, I'll just give you a, a quick, 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 quick. I went back and found a song that my father used to play by Johnny Guitar Watson, a mm. real mother for you. Oh, so now I'm okay. digging that deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't, don't play no games mm. with me, don't play with me, don't play with me. Mm. Thanks. That's all I got to say. And next week, I'm going to talk uh, talk to you about uh, the documentary uh, "Quest Love for the Roots Has the Summer of Soul," which was like the Black Woodstock um, that hits uh, theaters and Hulu. So go get your your, your free, um, you know, the free trial because it, it comes on uh, July 13th. I remind you about that again. But again, you know, again, I just want to send out. I'm sure I speak for everybody. Deepest condolences to uh, the Lattimore family um, for Wyo on the loss of her grandmother, but just know that she is in the arms of angels, and I'm sure Vi will uh, co-sign that during our benediction. Yes, yes, yes. And um, you got any last minute? You got anything last, um, K-Dub? Any last, any final thoughts? Oh, just just shout out to Wyo. You know, uh, I understand how that go. My grandmother was like the lady of our family, you know what I'm saying? Reason, a big reason I got to play music, so... Shout out to Wyo and a shout out to the city of ATL listening to Al Burroughs and listening to you talk about that other stuff, man. It was ATL is special, man. And I hope they get their thing together, you know, get the music all the way back on and and, and get the get the uh the state all, you know, you know, do what y'all gotta do and keep it, you know, keep it happening. Yeah. Maintain so, it. Yeah. So true. Bring it so, up. so true. So true. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, hey, uh Vi, why don't you say a quick a quick benediction, man? Can you, you got can you just throw something out there? A quick benediction, just off the fly. I know you can do it. Go ahead, man. Final uh, thought. Wild, uh condolences to her. And people, I mean, you need to reach out to your family. Cause tomorrow's not promised. I have a very close friend of mine I've been trying to get in touch with now. I just found out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he had a heart attack. Now he's in Atlanta for the past two weeks in ICU. Mm. So people, love your family, love your friends. Spend as much time as you can with them. Yeah. And if you got an issue with anybody, get over it. Yeah. It's not that mm-hmm. serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. I don't care how bad you think, it's not that serious. Yeah, Life is too important. I'm going to give it up for you for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Vi. Hey, you know what? I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go out with this, uh, and and you know, on a on a on a lighter note, uh, shout out to Apple. I have discovered the that they have a black female Siri voice that I have changed my phone to, and yes, how can I get that? A black female Siri voice. If you go in, you go to Siri, you choose the American voice. It is voice two. Okay, but you have to you have to be at software, at least your version 14.5 and up. And I think it's on 14.6 if you do your updates. But, uh, yeah, there's a black female Siri voice. I got to give it up. But 
I got to ask a question. Can she hear? And, and she has not. She has not told me I ain't your maid yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I ain't your wondering. mama. <laughs> no, seriously, I have a mind of my own. No, nah, this is problem. But I can. De- you can definitely tell. You can definitely tell. But but shout out to Apple for doing that. I mean, it's just I I I, I that you know I'm, I'm just glad to have a black female Siri voice. And again, she did not tell me I ain't your maid. All right, y'all. I ain't your mama, really. <laughs> Is your mama now? <laughs> All right, y'all. Hey, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much to everybody uh, for joining us every week. And um, hey, with that, episode 87 is in the can. And we are out of here, y'all. Peace. The Delta variant is real. The Delta variant is real. Yes, it is. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.